Let's go to the Lord uh, and, and bring these things to Him and uh, come before His throne of grace. Let's pray. Lord, what a, a privilege it is to be able as your children just to come and, and uh, worship you this morning and to praise you. And to, uh, Lord, our, our desire is to glorify you, uh, to, to lift up Jesus. And so, Lord, uh, I, I pray this morning that as we come as your children, that we would be broken over our sin, as, as we have just sung about, that uh, we would hate what you hate, and that our desire would be like you. Uh, Lord, we need you. Uh, Lord, we, this country needs you. Uh, so, Father, have mercy. Have mercy on our nation as we think of all the wickedness that abounds and, and all that is going on. And Lord, unless uh, you intervene and, and by the power of your Holy Spirit and bring a revival, uh, things seem very grim. And so God, do that uh, for this nation and uh, revive the hearts of Christians, uh, of your people. Uh, God, that they would see uh, what, how important it is that they need to uh, attend worship and, and Lord, to be revived. And so God, do that. Uh, uh, it seems, humanly speaking, to be impossible, but Lord, we know that we serve a God where all things are possible, Amen. and I thank you for that, and, and uh, so Lord, we lift to you this morning those things that are upon our hearts, and Lord, I, I would uh, pray for uh, Charles's uh, sister in the, in the hospital, that she would recover well, and, and just be uh, near her, and for all that Charles is doing, his work, and what he's going through, Lord, we lift him up. Lift him up to you, Lord. For all these missionaries that Janine uh, told us about, Lord, we lift them up and their needs. And uh, God, uh, use them as you have been in, uh, uh, in a mighty way in, in those countries where um, it's so difficult many times. And uh, we lift up. Uh, uh, those in our church, and it, Lord, it's so good to see uh, back those that have been absent because of illness and sickness, but Lord, we continue to lift up Harry to you and bless him and lift up the Krauses to you, and uh, Lord, I can't even imagine uh, what they're going through with their children in this cult, uh, Chanel and, and Kaylin, but God... Uh, Draw them out of that. May they see the light. May they see that Jesus is all they need. And God, that you would open their eyes and their understanding to what they have done. And there would be real repentance and, and brokenness over this. Uh, so Lord, uh, we also pray for these men and women in California, these prisoners who are fighting these fires. And just uh, protect them, God, as they, as they fight these fires. And uh, so, Lord, we bring all these things in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> all right, in Mark. <clears throat> We're in Mark chapter 8. 
I have a whole lot to say this morning, although I think I'll just cut it in half because it's too much. And uh, sometimes I get frustrated because I'm, uh, and so I'm, you just pray for me, but uh, uh, so I may make two messages out of this. It's amazing when you start preparing, you hit something, then you hit something else, and then you get on, and before you know it, you've got more than uh, you, you can believe when it comes to uh, uh, the Word of God. And uh, so God is very gracious, and He just fills our hearts with uh, His love. And this morning we're looking at Peter's confession of Christ, and that's found in Mark chapter 8, beginning in verse 27. So let's read God's Word this morning. Jesus went out along with His disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way He questioned His disciples, saying to them, Who do people say that I am? They told Him, saying, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, but others, one of the prophets, And he continued by questioning them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said to him, You are the Christ. And he warned them to tell no one about him. Also turn to Matthew chapter 16. He gives a little more detail of of this. And uh, so we'll basically be looking at the count in Matthew, although we will not deal with everything. I really want to deal with what Peter's confession is all about. But verses 13 through 20. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist and others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. And uh, wow, how privileged these apostles were uh, that they were chosen out to take the the message of the gospel uh, into all the world. And uh, to do that, they needed to be empowered. Just like when we go out in Jesus' name, we must be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And our eyes need to be enlightened uh, as to who He really is. And that's what I want to hone in on this morning. Uh, And and let me just say, who is Jesus Christ to you? I want you to think about that. You know, this is is something I'm going to slow down a little bit. Because I want you to really, in your heart of hearts, who is Jesus Christ to you? that's what Jesus wants. He's, he's talking to his disciples. Who do you say that I am? And then I think in answering this question lies life and death, heaven and hell, happiness and unhappiness. I really, I really believe that. The problem with the world today is they don't have Jesus. Because I have Jesus 
and I know what he's done for me, and I know he will do that for others. He will change their lives. Uh, do you know him as your Lord and Savior? We see, uh, first of all, Jesus questions his disciples. He asks uh, them specific questions. Uh, and I think he's doing this to lead them to confess who he really is and uh, probably deepen their spiritual understanding. He used questions a lot. Questions are good to ask people because it makes them think. You get a response from them. And this is what Jesus is doing here. And uh, his first question to them was, who do other people besides y'all say the Son of Man is? Who do you say? Uh, Who do other people say the Son of Man is? Uh, We find the Son of Man here is used 69 times in the Synoptic Gospels and 12 times in the Gospel of John. And uh, we see the uh, Son of Man. What does that show us about Christ? What does that show us about Christ? And I know, uh, for one thing, it shows us His humanity that he was fully human. He was flesh and blood, just like us. Perfect, uh, without sin, but still in all, he was human. But I think more importantly, it shows uh, that he was also deity. That Jesus was God incarnate. And I want to look at, well, I think I have quite a few scriptures this morning, but I really want to deal with who Jesus really is. That he's not just a mere man. He's not just another prophet. And I hope he is more than just a mere man to you. That he is your God. That he is the one that you desire to serve and to please, to live for. Uh, And that he is your all in all. And if he's not making that this morning, I invite you to come to Christ. I do that uh, probably not as much as I should. But you can sit in church all your life and never trust Christ. By faith. By trusting and believing in him. And uh, Daniel spoke, he says, I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming. And he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him or worship him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed speaking of our Lord speaking of uh, the son of man Christ himself so he is more than a man it points to his deity and uh, we find in Matthew 26 62 through 65 the high priest stood up and said to him that is to Jesus do you not answer 
what is this that these men are testifying uh, against you? But Jesus kept silent. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, you have said it yourself that he is the Son of God. Nevertheless, I tell you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man, God, Son of God, sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has blasphemed. What further need do we have of witness? Behold, you have now heard the blasphemy. What was Jesus claiming? He was claiming to be God. They said, he's blaspheming. We're done here. Let's just put him to death because he's claiming to be God. And we see that other places in Scripture as well. How, how vitally important it is to under, uh, understand this. It points to his deity. Now, the disciples didn't give him the answers of some people uh, when, when he said, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Uh, the answers of some people were, he's, he's in league with uh, demons. He is in league with the devil. He's demon-possessed. He's a madman. But what did they say in Matthew sixteen fourteen? They said what? And they said, some say John the Baptist and others, Elijah, but still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. In other words, they didn't, they didn't tell him about all the bad things that were being said about him. They listed uh, three men here who all had wonderful qualities. They were all humble men. They were men who performed miracles. Uh, and they were right. He was all of that, but Jesus is trying to con- uh, see them, uh, tell them that he is more than just a mere man. Yeah, he has these qualities, but uh, he's not just man. Uh, then Jesus says, who do you disciples say that I am? He's getting very personal here. Now this comes down to us as well. And I say this to you this morning. Who do you say that the Son of Man is? Who do you say Jesus is in your heart of hearts? So Jesus takes a poll here and, uh, and uh, I have real trouble with polls sometimes, particularly the ones on, on, on TV where they're asking uh, where they, they show you all these percentages of people that are going to vote this way or that way and, and what have you. And some of those polls are accurate, but some of them aren't. So th- Jesus is taking a poll here. And uh, uh, what do you, though, believe about Christ? What do you believe about Christ? I think there are two reasons Jesus did this. Uh, I think he did this so they could define their faith. Let me ask you, can you define your faith? If somebody walked up to you and said, would you tell me about Jesus? Would you tell me uh, about the Christian faith? What is it all about? Could you do that? 
I mean, that'll tell you a lot about yourself. You ought to have a testimony, as I said last week, of who Jesus is to you and what you have experienced, what you believe. It's that, that important. You need to be able to define the truth. Also, I think Jesus did this to encourage them. Uh, Why? Because tough times were coming and they needed to be sure of their beliefs. They need to be sure of who they were trusting in. And Jesus wanted to make sure that they they get it. You know, when we think about the Apostle Paul, uh, there's a man who was very sure. He had seen Jesus on the Damascus Road and and, and whoa, yeah, it was, you could almost say it wasn't by faith for Paul, it was sight. But it was faith, he was saved by still trusting in Christ alone, and he, and he tells us that throughout his epistles. But he says, for this reason I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. What does he say? For I know whom, not in whom, but whom, Christ whom I have believed, and I am what? Convinced. Convinced. Not, I hope it's true. Uh, you know, uh, there may be another way. Uh, no, he said, I am convinced that he, Christ, is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Can you say what Paul said? I know whom I have believed. And I am convinced, I am persuaded. Can you say that? In your heart of hearts now, I'm not saying you've memorized something and you can tell somebody that, but is that really true about you? Peter jumps right in here. And he was a spokesman for the group, as we all know, and... uh, uh, cuts the servant's ear off and what have you. But So as a spokesman, uh, he jumps in and he, and he speaks for the, dis- the disciples here. And he says in Matthew 16.16, 16, look in Matthew 16.16. 16. I've got my new Bible here, so it's, it's uh, hard to find things like it was in my other way. He says... Uh, <coughs> Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now Peter here, I think, is speaking for all the disciples. In other words, they don't butt in and say, No, Peter, you're wrong. He is the spokesman for them. And I think in their heart of hearts, maybe not to the last man, but uh, you, he says, and it's really interesting because in the Greek, you know, and I, and I don't want to wear out Greek here, but the Greek is zoo-a. And zoo-a means you. You are the, the Christ. You and you only. Because he puts the pronoun in front of a, which means you are. Amen. So he says, you, you are the Christ. In, in the Greek language, they did that for emphasis. Whenever they wanted to emphasize something, they would put the word at the beginning uh, many times to, to do that. In other words, there is no other Christ. You are the unique Christ. 
It's emphatic in the Greek. He says, the son. He is the essence of his father. The very being of his father. So, being the son. In John 10, says, I and the Father are one, in essence. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I showed you many good works from the Father, for which of them are you stoning me? The Jews answered him, for a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, blasphemy, and because you, being a man, make yourself out to be there, see there is your there is your proof when they when they said he is blaspheming, they realized that he uh, uh, was God. That's why he was blaspheming because he was God, and they picked up stones to stone him. When Jesus said, "I and the Father are one," we're one in essence. If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. In John 14, 8 through 10, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How, how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me. Now there is a deep, deep, deep well, isn't it? Can you understand that? No, I can't. And if you can, I'd like to understand, uh, for you to explain it to me. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. Wow. He is the unique Son of God. He is also the Christ. Uh, Peter says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. The Christos. Ha Christos in the Greek. It sounds lofty, doesn't it? Ha Christos, the Christ. And so Matthew here very clearly reveals Jesus as uh, the Christ. The one who has divine nature. And he is also the living God. This is the place where uh, they are in where false gods were preached. And uh, Peter says, because of that, you are the living God. All of these gods around us are not real gods at all, but you are. And I think we need to see, brothers and sisters, this is the first principle of the Christian faith, what we have right here. If you abandon this, there is no more Christianity. If our Savior is not unique, we have no Savior. To do away with the deity of Christ, the Son of the living God, you've just destroyed Christianity. And that's what people like the Jehovah's Witnesses are doing. And others, they're denying the deity of Christ. And what did Jesus said? Unless you believe that I am, the great I am, you'll die in your sins. Very clear. And yet you can show them that uh, and uh, they don't see it. They don't understand it. 
But this is the first principle of the Christian faith. If Christ isn't God, we can all close the doors, go home, uh, eat, drink, and be merry because we're just wasting our time. But see, you know, just like Peter confessed, you, you, you and you alone, uniquely, are the Son of God. Can you say that? Do you know that in your heart of hearts? As He revealed Himself to you, do you pray to Him and worship Him, adore Him, live for Him? You know, I don't understand how preachers can, can preach from the pulpit who don't believe this. Why they do it, I can't even understand. What's the purpose? Where they come in, it's just a big social affair and you get more business and... and uh, God loves us all, let's go home or whatever. I don't get it. Because He is the living God. Sometimes I've often wondered if it wasn't for a paycheck. There's no hope if Jesus isn't God. Some more verses here. I said I had a lot of verses John 8, 23 and 24, 57 through 59. And he was saying to them, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am, that he isn't there, unless you believe that I am, the great I am, you'll die in your sins. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and you have seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. See, there's proof right there. He is the great I am. This is the same word that's used in the Old Testament in the Septuagint when uh, Moses asked, Who shall I say sent me? And God says, I am that I am. Same Greek word. No doubt about it. Jesus is either who he said he was or he was the biggest phony that ever lived. And I've experienced that he is the true living God. Therefore, they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Where also the Bible says in this great verse, this is my, by the way, this is my life's verse because I think we ought to all be doing this. We're looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. Notice, He is the great God and Savior of us in the Greek, literally. He is, he is the great God and Savior of us. It's all in the same tense, genitive. Uh, uh, and it's uh, the case, I'm sorry, the genitive case. And it's speaking of one and the same person. In other words, He is God and He is Savior, Jesus Christ. That's all you need to show a Jehovah's Witness right there. And you're done. If they, won't, if they won't believe that, they're not going to believe anything. Because they're willfully, they're willfully blind to who Christ is. But it's that important. 
A real believer will openly confess that Jesus Christ is God. Do you openly confess that Jesus Christ is God? We need to be doing that even more and more, I think, in this, in pointing men to Him, because He is the only Savior. I think those who know and love Him will stand by Him and serve Him. And then it's interesting because Jesus declares a blessing on Peter for saying this. In Matthew uh, 16 and verse uh, 17, he says, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Who gets the glory? God does. So let's just look at this a little bit. He says, Happy are you. Blessings are coming upon you. His favor rests on you. Now, again, he's talking to Peter, but all these other apostles there, he's just the spokesman for them. And so it's for all uh, those there is, uh, that were trusting him and, and saw who he really was. Simon Bar-Jonah. See, I, I wouldn't have been like Peter. I'd have been more like Thomas. Uh, but I do love to fish. And if you've got a boat, we can go. <laughs> but uh, he was a fisherman. His grammar, if you read his writings, Peter, his writings were very, very poor. The Greek grammar is awful. It's kind of like saying, I ain't got none. But he got his point across. But in Greek, if you're reading it, now Paul is just the opposite. You go, whoa, literary genius here. But not Peter. God used Peter for who he was. Just like he'll use you for who you are. Even though you may have poor grammar. And you may be a fisherman. Or whatever you may be. He will use you. And so, praise God for that. But anyway, he says... He says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Where did he get his knowledge? In verse 17. God opens the blind eyes to see and teach us that he is who he says he is. And he gets it from from God. All human initiative is ruled out. All human initiative is ruled out. John 1.12 and 13, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born again, he's talking about, it's like my bad joke this morning, who were born again, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but what? God's the one that does it. You can't take credit. Sorry. But I decided well, then you can decide to leave him too. No. Why? Because you're his child. He chose you. And he'll never leave you or forsake you. But if you decided for Jesus, you can decide against him too. Think about that. Just think uh, all human initiative is ruled out. 
Knowledge like this doesn't come from any human resource. That's what John is saying here in verses 12 and 13. He didn't get it from flesh and blood, from his own study, from his own smarts, from his own education, from his own mind, from others teaching him. God must reveal it to him. Philippians 1.29 for, for to you it has been granted for Christ's sake not only to believe in Him but also to what? To suffer for His sake. It's been granted for Christ's sake to believe in Him. Didn't come from you. It's all of grace. That's why we call it grace. Right? That's why it's grace. It's unmerited favor. Matthew 11. I'm not sure I'd really seen this uh, portion of Scripture before. At that time, Jesus said in Matthew 11, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to to infants. I'm an infant. Yes, Father, for this way was well pleasing in your sight all things have been handed over to me by my father and no one knows the son except the father nor does anyone know the father except the son and anyone to whom the son wills to reveal him comes from God First Corinthians twelve three. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Holy Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord, what? Except by the Spirit. Doesn't come out of you. You can't take credit. It's because the Holy Spirit has enlightened you. Give him praise. Amen. Is that so hard to give him praise? Yes. It is, isn't it? Why? Because we like to we're Americans. We're in charge. I'm powerful. Don't get in my way. No. Peter was being humbled right here. Flesh and blood, Peter, didn't reveal this to you. But my Father in Heaven revealed this to you. Give Him praise, people. Give Him praise. He works in us both to will and to do of our good pleasure. No. His good pleasure. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. His good pleasure. Wow. What a privilege. What a privilege to know uh, such a wonderful God and Savior. I have much more. Matter of fact, I didn't even get halfway through it. But that's okay. I want to just take a, a, a moment just to reflect on what we have seen this morning uh, in the life of Peter's confession. Uh, we all confess Christ. But can we say, like Peter did, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. In your mind, I'm trusting you. Can you say that? Is he your all in all? 
let's bow our heads uh, just a moment and, and, uh, and just reflect upon this. Uh, again, I'm not pointing a finger. Uh, there are three pointing back at me. And I'm a recovering Pharisee and sin against God every day in thought, word, and deed. And he's gracious to, to forgive me. You may be here this morning and you've never trusted Christ. You can't say with Paul, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep, he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Is there anyone here this morning that's in that camp? Search your hearts right now. And if he isn't, invite him into your life. Right now you can do that. Invite him into your life. Said, Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, I need Jesus. I'm helpless. I'm hopeless. Uh, I'm condemned without him. And invite him into your life by faith, trusting. It's just that easy. Come and change me by the power of your Reveal yourself to me as you did to Peter. And he will. I guarantee if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Isn't that wonderful? Let's pray. Father, uh, Lord, I would pray if there's anyone here this morning uh, that they would come forward uh, and confess that they have trusted Christ. That they would not be ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. Lord, forgive us all as, as Christians for not... Uh, glorifying you and all that we say and do, that, we, that many times we're ashamed of the gospel. We're ashamed of Christ by not speaking up. Lord, uh, convict us all. Convict me, Father, as, as the pastor of this church when I fail to do that. But Lord, we need you. We need you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat>